Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Great Penn State football fans, the news is coming fast and furious uh, surrounding James Franklin's program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by the busiest guy I know, Johnny McGonigal. Just the last 72 hours have been pretty, pretty crazy, but as, as we record this, Johnny, Penn State has added one of the top players in Pennsylvania, a Pittsburgh guy, your kind of guy, to its recruiting class. Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, Anthony Specka uh, from Central Catholic is a four-star uh, linebacker in the 2024 class. Uh, he's the second member now of Penn State's 2024 class, joining uh, Cooper Cousins uh, from Erie McDowell. And uh, this is a big win for Penn State. It's a big win for James Franklin, uh, for Manny Diaz, for Dan Connor, who is playing a role on that defensive staff and in that linebacker room, uh, specifically to get Anthony in. Uh, it's a kid who had regional and national interest, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. Michigan was a big player uh, in this and had visited there. Uh, a couple times and but still goes with Penn State, you know, coming off of this uh, past weekend, they had a junior uh, they had a junior day and had, you know, some some prospects in and to be able to get him secured in this 2024 class, which you feel like as this offseason progresses is going to start adding more and more guys to it. It's a good win for Penn State uh, now, you know, coming off the back, like you mentioned, of just a, a hectic few days uh, for this program, you know, both. Good and bad, however you want to look at the wide receiver coach situation. Uh, we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, a lot of movement, a lot of moving parts. But uh, this is a really big, you know, a nice piece of good news for Penn State. Yeah, so Cephas, I have to imagine, I, I looked at some stuff uh, on the Internet trying to get caught up uh, on this kid. I think I was on Lions 247. Uh, yeah, to, to go up to Penn State, be able to sit down with Manny Diaz and maybe Dan Connor and, and hash out. I mean, some of the finer points of linebacker play, inside linebacker play. That's a nice little pitch right there if you're Penn State to be able to have those two guys sit down with one of the top players in Pennsylvania. I imagine it's kind of tough to say no to that one-two punch because uh, Manny Diaz is one of the best defensive coordinators in the sport. Dan Connor is an all-time great. He's on Penn State staff, I think, as an analyst. Plus, they, you know, they, they go into Western PA and get one kid that I think a lot of schools would have liked to have had Johnny. And that's, you know, why don't we just segue like this? That's not the only Pittsburgh area talent that Penn State's been able to add to its roster in the last few days. They uh, attacked the transfer portal and got just a dynamic, dynamic performer, formerly from Kent State. Dante Cephas is a guy that they've been linked to for a while. Very productive receiver at Kent State. Had some big games against a lot of good schools. So this guy looks like a really good fit for Penn State. Yeah, it's funny. When you started talking about Specca, you said Cephas. I'm like, oh, here's a Freudian slip from Bob, knowing that we're going to be talking about Dante. 
This is another big ad, and this is an immediate ad. This is, you know, Specca is one where he's signing in the 2024 class. Like, that won't be for, you know, however many months December 2024 is. Wow, that feels like forever from now. Cephas will be an instant impact guy in the 2023 season. Uh, he won't be enrolling in January. He's finishing up his academics at Kent State. Uh, will be enrolling uh, in the summer. Uh, but he is a potential number one wide receiver for this team that loses Parker Washington. Uh, that loses Mitchell Tinsley, that loses Brenton Strange at tight end. Uh, I mean, that's three of your top guys from this past season. And Cephas comes in as one of the best players in the portal, arguably the best wide receiver out of the portal, you know, was really productive at Kent State over the last two seasons, uh, 130 catches, 1,900 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, he's a guy who has played against Power 5 opponents before, uh, had 100 yard games against Washington and Maryland in the, in the you know the last couple seasons. A uh, big play guy uh, from Penn Hills, so Pittsburgh area native as well. Former high school teammate of Daquan Hardy and Tank Smith. Uh, they won a Whippeal and PIAA title in 2018. I actually have a story coming out on that later this week, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, talking to their former high school coach. You're looking at Cephas's journey to this point. Um, so he's he's one that Penn State was on early. As soon as he entered the portal, he had an offer from Penn State among a bunch of other schools across the country. This is a really big win for them as well. Yep. Okay, so Specca 2024 inside linebacker. Pretty good-sized kid already. Uh, one of the top players in his class, a Western PA kid. And now Dante Cephas, he'll just be here for one year. I think he has two years of eligibility. I can never do the COVID math right. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. All I know is he's he's going to be, I think, uh, a guy that can really help this team. They, they do have some young wideouts they like. And Keandre had a great Rose Bowl. But, yeah, uh, you watch the tape of this guy in the open field, and you look at a guy like Drew Aller getting him the ball. He's kind of a big play waiting to happen if he's healthy, and he was very productive at his, former, at his previous institution, as James likes to say. Um, but – the, I guess one of the more interesting things of the entire weekend, Johnny, and we can finally delve into this, is Penn State got this guy like minutes minutes after James Franklin cut ties, surprisingly, I think, to many, uh, with receivers coach Taylor Stubblefield. And that's just something that, who knows? We, we could speculate. Let, it's not fair to speculate why he did it, but the wording of James' statement kind of spoke volumes, relieved of his duties, effective immediately. Another way to put it is fired, I think. It would be another way to put it. But Taylor's out. Uh, I thought he did some good things at Penn State, but James doesn't mess around when it's time to make a move. The funny thing to me was they were able to get this kid after they cut ties with him. Yeah, it was, I think, 30 minutes after Penn State put out their statement and James Franklin put out a statement on you know, firing Taylor Subblefield. 30 minutes later, this kid commits and it's like, okay, yeah, you lose your wide receiver coach and you uh, gain potential number one wide receiver. It's one of those where it feels like Dante Cephas, you would think knows uh, either who the next wide receiver coach will be, or is just confident and, you know, put his faith in James Franklin and making a really good hire. If you're James Franklin, even if you're just a guy running a business, you don't normally fire someone like this. If you don't have someone already lined up, so this feels like one where, you know, we could see movement on this pretty quickly in terms of Penn State filling that slot, especially as they continue to attack the transfer portal, because there's still some guys out there now and there will be guys out there, uh, you know, after spring camp as well. 
that Penn State's still looking to add another another player, another receiver specifically from the portal. So uh, you'd want a wide receiver coach in place for that. Uh, who the next wide receiver coach will be, you know, it's going to be a wait and see kind of thing. Uh, I don't think we're going to have to wait long. <laughs> um, but yeah, just interesting timing because I did think Taylor Stubblefield did some good things. Um, I get that, you know, Penn State missed out on a handful of transfer targets uh, earlier in this portal window. Uh, maybe that played into that. But, you know, I thought he did well developing Jahan Dotson and uh, and Parker Washington. And I, I do know that, you know, the, the wide receiver room did leave a bit to be desired this year. I feel like, you know, a lot of the, you know, the bigger plays in production in the passing game came from the tight end group. Uh, so maybe that's uh, maybe it's a, a strike while the iron's hot kind of deal. And hey, you have. Allie, you have all this momentum going into 2023. And if you've got a guy out there that is available and you want to be your wide receiver coach, uh, that's a move that James Franklin felt like he had to make. Yeah, absolutely. And James is James is a guy that he doesn't usually make a move like this if he doesn't already have his his successor in mind. So the only question is when he's going to announce it. There's going to be a lot of speculation. I just feel like the way that things are happening in 2023. We probably shouldn't even mention any candidates because it could be outdated in about five minutes. But there's a lot of names being uh, bandied about. We'll just wait and see. I think you're right. I don't think it'll be very long before uh, the next wide receivers coach is named. It's just been that kind of off season, just crazy busy, whether it's the transfer portal, kids leaving, kids staying, you know, the coaching move. Really a surprising one, but maybe it wasn't very surprising within the Penn State program. I doubt James is going to really elaborate on this, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be interesting to see who the next receivers coach is. So, Johnny, there, there's a lot of uh, player movement as well. The transfer portal, comings and goings. Where would you like to go next? What to you is the biggest news? I think the updated roster for Penn State that's out seems to indicate to me that some players that maybe could have left have decided to stay at Penn State. Are you reading it that way as well? Yeah. And, you know, on Monday was the was Declaration Day. It sounds like a movie, Declaration Day. Uh, It's basically the day in which players have to declare whether or not they're going to the draft or uh, and if they don't, it's assumed that they're coming back. And Theo Johnson didn't say anything. Uh, Johnny Dixon didn't say anything. Uh, Those were two that I know we were both looking forward to seeing. And and two guys who, you know, while they performed well and definitely have the talent to play the next level. I think both of us expect them to come back. And so that seems like it's the reality. There's just a still movement, though, even in the portal. Uh, Marquise Wilson um, entered the portal. Yeah, he he's just the next in line of of guys who, you know, maybe didn't get all the playing time that they would want at Penn State and are looking for more elsewhere. You know, Wilson did play quite a bit. Uh, you know, he was behind Joey Porter Jr., uh, Kalen King, and Johnny Dixon in snaps uh, last year. And Joey Porter leaves and you think, okay, well, maybe that opens up more for Wilson. But then Penn State brings in Storm Duck from North Carolina and it's like, okay, he's probably going to be the fourth corner again. So he's seeking uh, more playing time elsewhere. But he's the ninth player to enter the portal this offseason with Christian Veyer, excuse me, Rodney McGraw, Fatorma Mulba, uh, Jeffrey Davis, Kevon Lee is another one uh, that we were keeping an eye on. That was, I believe he entered the portal since we last recorded. Jamari Button as well, and uh, and Devon Townley ended up coming back. Uh, entered the portal, removed his name. There's so much to keep up with. <laughs> I, I think overall this roster is in a solid spot, but definitely they want to look to add a couple more guys from the portal. 
Yeah, you touched on a couple players. Theo, uh, Theo Johnson, this is not an under-the-radar insignificant decision by his, but I, I just, you know, he he is a player that the second half of the year, I don't think there were very many better pass-catching tight ends in college football or in the Big Ten. But I also thought he improved as a blocker, and I just think him next year in an offense with those running backs, with an experienced offensive line, quarterback's got a big arm. You know, Tyler Warren is also part of that tight end room. It's a pretty potent – it has the makings of a very, very potent offense. And he could really be one of the centerpieces, I think, of the offense because he started slow, Johnny, in 2022, but he wasn't healthy. And you could just see as he started to feel better, the big plays started to come. And for him to be able to make strides as a blocker, I think, was huge. I don't know how seriously he was thinking about leaving for the NFL, but I have to think the NFL was aware of him just because he's such a gifted kid and another year at Penn State he could really really put together uh, a pretty incredible season especially with Brenton Strange moving on I mean he's going to be one of the preferred options in that passing game I also think Johnny Dixon had one of the better years uh, as a Penn State defensive player you know he made some mistakes but you're going to make mistakes at corner but I thought he was a really fearless player helped on special teams another player I think that'll really uh, help Penn State coming back but I just had to chuckle uh, when Kevon Lee decided to enter the transfer portal because he was kind of he was kind of teasing the Penn State fan base, I think, for a while, saying, "Hey, don't worry about me. You guys don't have to worry. I'm coming back." And then the next thing you know, he's in the transfer portal. I bring him up only because it's great that they're top heavy at running back with those young young running backs, but it's just not necessarily the deepest position on the roster. And there's no guarantees that, you know, in the Big Ten, those two running backs are going to stay healthy. So I don't know where your level of concern is with with Kevon Lee trying to move on. But, I mean, it's one of those things where it's great to have them both. But, boy, it's not the deepest running back room in the Big Ten now. It's not, but it's one of those where when they added Cameron Wallace to the 2023 recruiting class, I kind of saw that as kind of a writing-on-the-wall situation with – Kevon Lee, and maybe they knew then that he was going to move on. But you've got Nick Singleton, you've got Katron Allen. If one of those go down, or you know, God forbid, if you're Penn State, if both of them go down uh, for any period of time, whether that's extended or short term, you know, next year it'll be Cameron Wallace or uh, London Montgomery from Scranton came off an ACL injury, misses entire senior season with an ACL tear, and so those are two quality freshmen that have you know been signed and added through that 23 class but you would like to have a veteran backing up those two guys if you could but running back and quarterback are two positions where it's really difficult in the portal to go out and add a veteran really with little prospect of like playing you know starter quality reps that's why you know Kevon is leaving and you know he, he's looking for more reps elsewhere uh, it's it'll be difficult for them to go in the portal and convince a veteran running back. Hey, come to Penn State and sit behind these two really good freshmen, these two really good young players that we've invested so much time and, and development into, and, and our offense runs through. Same deal at quarterback, right? They've got Bo Prabula already in the system, uh, assuming that Drew Aller is the the heir apparent, you know, is the starter next year, uh, and you've got Jackson Smolik in the twenty three class. It's going to be difficult for them. to. I'm sure they would like another scholarship quarterback, but James Franklin has acknowledged this too, that it'll be difficult for them to go in the portal and try and convince an older guy to come in uh, when there's really no prospect of him playing all that much. So I, I think the situation at running back kind of just is what it is. It's a good situation still to have Singleton and Catron, 
uh, in the fold. Uh, and the, the offense is going to run through those two guys. It's going to run through, you know, Theo Johnson. It's going to run through Dante Cephas as long as he, you know, comes in and acclimates himself as as everyone expects him to. Again, not coming in in the winter. He'll be in in the summer. So you got to get that rapport with Drew Aller quick. But he figures to be a big part of this offense. And uh, and things are looking up offensively. You know, we already knew that the defense, you know, with all these pieces coming back with Adisa and you've got Chop and Curtis Jacobs, Abdul Carter, the list goes on, Kalen King. Uh, the offense, though, to to be able to settle in and, and have the pieces that they need. And they still want to add another receiver in the portal, but it, it, they're in a good spot right now. I, I think they're for where they are right now on January 17th. I think they'll take it. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different. And we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. It's the Blue White Breakdown, Johnny McGonigal, Bob Flounder. So, Johnny, you know, spring practice is going to kick off sometime probably uh, mid-March. I'm going to guess sometime around there. But between now and mid-March, obviously, there's going to be some winter conditioning. Uh, there's going to be some come to Jesus moments, I think, for the January enrollees in terms of what it takes to play right away as a Penn State uh, player. I think a lot of guys will be ready for that, but uh, you, you just never know. The twenty, the uh, last year's group, the amount of players that were able to impact the team. I mean, it wouldn't have been an eleven-two season without the true freshman class. But what what's next for you? I th- I, th- I feel like you're you're right. They're going to start to add some. They're going to start to add some more players to 2024's class. Uh, and build on that, but there's they're going to name a new wide receivers coach. You would think maybe there won't be any more coaching movement, but it just it could just kind of come out of nowhere, and you just don't know what's up James Franklin's sleeve. But what are you going to be watching more? So will it be on the recruiting front? Will it be uh, social media posts about how the winter workouts are going? For maybe for some younger Penn State players, what what is what is the things you're going to be looking for? It's all of it. It's all of it. Now, um, the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing is, and I'm, I'm going to delve into a little bit more later this week on Penn State scholarship count and where they are specifically with that. But this is a time between now and really the end of spring camp. Roster management matters so much and staying under that 85 scholarship limit, but also making sure that you have depth across the board at all the different positions that you want. You know, think about this, you know, not this time last year, but in March of last year. That's when Chop Robinson ended up leaving Maryland and coming to Penn State. That was such a big ad. So Penn State isn't done. They're not done with their roster right now. Again, we have said it a million times, looking to add another receiver. They'd also like to add another offensive tackle if they can, you know, to compete with Bryce Efner's not there anymore, to compete with Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton on the uh, outside, on the right side with um, Olu Fashnu opposite them. Uh, I'm sure they would like to add another defensive back, maybe another defensive tackle. Uh, to fill that kind of big role that, you know, PJ Mustafer leaves. I, I like what they have behind him. You know, Hakeem Beeman, Keziah Izzer, I feel like came on. Zane Durant, we've talked about on this pod uh, quite a bit. But if they can add another veteran defensive tackle, I think that'd be nice. And so, again, it's all making sure that you're able to do that, first of all. That's why you're seeing, in part, some of this roster attrition. It's not only guys wanting to leave and get playing time elsewhere. It's having tough conversations with some of these guys. Uh, so I think you're going to see more of that. Uh, as we go through winter workouts and as we go through and see spring practice. And so I'm interested to see those final touches because Chop Robinson was 
a huge ad, but that was a final touch to the roster. And, you know, he was one of the best pass rushers in college football this past year. Um, so if they're able to add an impact guy like that, I mean, that can be a real game changer for a 2023 season that has so much hype and has so much expectation already. You know, we just started the new year like two weeks ago, and there people are already looking forward to what Penn State is going to do uh, next season. So this is going to be an interesting, you know, not only a few weeks, but really a few months uh, for James Franklin, and his staff to to round out his staff. And then also, you know, make sure you've got the guys in the building that you want at, heading into next season. Yeah. I'm working up something on the offensive line, off, not the offensive line, but specifically offensive tackle. And you mentioned, you mentioned the guys, right? Olu's coming back. Drew Shelton, uh, after what he was able to do down the stretch as a true freshman in 2022, is coming back. Phil Troutwine told me it's not an issue at all for him to go from left tackle to right tackle. It's, it's, it's more common than you realize. I do think left tackle is a pretty premium position, especially if your quarterback is right as a right-handed thrower. But um, Caden Wallace coming back um, and actually playing in the Rose Bowl, and you know he had a he had a nice block on on Singleton's touchdown run. They have a lot of talented uh, true freshman offensive linemen coming in, uh, and a, a, at least a couple of them could possibly play tackle. I know one can, but they're going to figure that out. When you look though at the offensive tackle position. Uh, once you get past Olu, once you get past Shelton, uh, and once you get past Caden Wallace, uh, you mentioned Efter is not is no longer uh, in the plans. He's kind of retired. Good for him. Fun guy to talk to. But when I look at the rest of the offensive linemen, I think they have a you know JB Nelson is a guy that played guard, but I think he was actually a tackle recruit. Uh, Jimmy Christ got some mention from James Franklin at times uh, in the conversation as a second team maybe offensive tackle. Are those the guys that kind of round out the tackle room in your mind, or you think there's some other guys to keep an eye out for? Because you can only play so many of them, and I'm just wondering with the guys they're bringing in, it could get crowded in a hurry. It definitely can, and you mentioned the guys that they're bringing in because I think it's important that both Alex Birchmeyer and Javen Williams are in as early enrollees because you get these 15 spring practices, you get all of that work, and you can go ahead and say, hey, Phil Troutwine, Take them and see what they got at tackle. And if they don't have it, then okay. Then then they can be moved inside and you can start planning for the future because both those guys in an ideal world, injuries go, you know, you don't get any serious injuries on the offensive line. Like in an ideal world, those two true freshmen won't have to play right away in 2023. Um, but you'd like to see what you have in them as tackles. Uh, and again, I think they would like to add a veteran tackle to add to that mix from the portal. Uh, bring in a guy, you know, who, whether it's from an Ivy League school or, or whatever, um, someone looking for an opportunity to get playing time, because I think, you know, that competition is only going to make Drew Shelton better. Because uh, I think he is, you know, you look opposite Olu Fashion. I think Drew Shelton is is someone to really keep an eye on. Uh, again, he he had, the, you know, those great strides uh, filling in for Fashion. And he's a young guy. And in an ideal world, especially on offensive line, you like to invest your time. If the, if the talent is the same, You'd like to invest your time and resources into the younger player. Uh, so I think Shelton has a real opportunity this upcoming spring camp to nail down that job. Uh, Caden Wallace, a lot of experience will obviously push for that and might even start out as the number one guy. But those two, I think beyond them, I think if you bring in a portal guy, great. Uh, but I think otherwise, I think they, I think they're, they're kind of okay uh, at that position, especially with fashion back. I mean, if, if fashion wasn't back, then 
then you'd have some, you'd be really hunting the portal for someone. Um, and, and I think you'd be looking for a depth piece more than you are now. I think if you're a Penn State fan, you have to be really excited about how 2023 has, has really started. You know, I think a lot of people nationally are aware of what Penn State might be capable of next year um, with the talent they have coming back. That Rose Bowl win certainly helped. They're able to add a great piece to their 2024 recruiting class, as we talked about with the linebacker uh, a little bit earlier. Anthony Specka, not Speka, Specka. Is that I right? Think, yeah. yeah. And then Dante Sivas from Kent State, the wideout, big play wideout, hopefully will be uh, you know, able to kind of work out in August, get on campus. You said he's got, uh, I guess, Daquan Hardy, a former high school teammate. Maybe that could speed up the acclimation. Interesting to note what happened with uh, – with Stubblefield, because that really did, I, to me, it felt like it came out of nowhere. But I, I guess they're really, you know, th- there's what's going on outside the Penn State program and what's going on inside the Penn State program. And maybe this was always going to come. Who knows where really where, where James was with this. But they're going to have to hire a wideouts coach. And you think it's going to happen soon. I agree with you. But just they're going to continue to build on 2024's recruiting class. A lot to look forward to. The January enrollees, at least the... Uh, the uh, declarations for the NFL draft, I think, have finally come to a halt. The transfer portal never stops, though, or it rarely stops. That's just how it's been, you know. I mean, shoot, we had uh, what Kevon Lee entering the portal, uh, and then Keaton Ellis announcing that he was coming yeah, back. Yeah, we mentioned that. You're right. That's a nice guy to have back at, at safety too. I thought he had a pretty steady year. Both of those pieces of news came on like a Friday night, they did. Uh, right around dinner time. It's like this is this is perfect timing. This is the best. Yeah. The Penn State news, I'm sure there'll be some news this weekend. And we're just going to find a way to kind of work our way around it. We'll figure it out. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>